Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell. It's the holiday season. It's the holidays. It's our first holiday doc. Yeah, we got one more coming up, which is crazy. But yes, this is where we're like, we're right into November. Yeah, here we are. Hi, Julia Bezzavalli. Hi, Patrick Hines. Hey, fam. Most of you know by now, I'm doing, I'm calling it Patrick's Traveling Book Party. Okay. So here's the deal. It's not like a regular live show. It's not a regular live show. It's a cool live okay, show. Okay, great. It's going to be like one part party, one part hang sesh, one part book reading, one part game. Every ticket comes with a copy of my book. Great. So if you buy a ticket to the event, you get a copy of my book. As soon as it comes out, we mail it to you. But basically, I'm going to just be in the audience hanging out. Normally, I'm like backstage before a live show. Not this time. I'm hanging out with people. Amazing. And then I'm doing a reading of a chapter of my book and then I'm going to stay and do pictures with everybody all night. There's a VIP option. There's a regular option. That's happening. Great. Also, join us on the Patreon. Yeah, I'm coming to wherever the New York one is. I'm coming. The Bell House. The, oh, I'll be and there. We're premiering it in New York, baby, of at course. the Bell House. That's right. Tell them about the Pates. Oh, wow, the Pates. So that's where we do, you get ad-free versions of the regular episodes like this one, but then you also get like the series, like The Jinx and Maybe yes. a Murderer and Finding Andrea we just finished. We're doing Woodstock 99, Bad Vegan. Tons of video content. We've got the live show from Obsessed Fest, the live that's show true. From Boston, where we did Class Action Park. Many of the main stage panels from Obsessed Fest, so including the West Memphis Street. Tons of video content. Yeah. Follow us on the TikTok and join the Facebook group. That's all. Okay, that's it. That's all. Jingle Bye. bell, jingle bell, jingle bell. Jingle bell. She's out of her mind, that I one. Babs. <laughs> girl what are we talking about today we are talking about maybe i should open my notes i just have a blank screen in front of me great we are talking about no good deed a crowdfunding holiday heist it's on hulu okay (laughs) you Um, sound real mad we haven't even started yet my first note is we're gonna learn about the feel-good story of the holiday season in 2017 that goes south pretty fast it does A remarkable story of paying it forward is going viral. A New Jersey woman helped by a homeless man after running out of gas. This really was the feel-good story of the holidays of 2017. What if we started a GoFundMe for this guy to get him off of the streets even for a weekend or just a few days, you know, would be so cool. It was awesome. I was blown away. This was the largest GoFundMe guarantee payout that the company had done, and I think to this day is still the largest. And, and that, that tells you something. We started to figure that uh, something was not you know, legit. The public always likes a feel-good story. It's a pretty good story. It's a great story, if it happened. <laughs> I do want to say just at the top, yeah. we're talking about substance use disorder here. Yes. And we're ta- we're also talking about a person who is unhoused. Yes. And so they say the words that we don't say anymore Correct. in this. A lot of the reporters, a lot of the news coverage from back then. So, like, the person with experience can say certain words, but yes. we can't and the reporters can't. So we're no. going to do our best. But if you hear something that's like, ooh, that's not allowed anymore, we know. Yes. We're doing our best, but... That's what people were saying back then. 100%. So we're going back to 2017, and, like, the world was ready for some sort of, like, feel-good moment. Woof. Because, I know. <laughs> because they tell us, like, we had just experienced two major mass shootings, one in Texas and one in Las Vegas. And I'm like, that could literally be any time. Like, that's the world we live in now, where I'm like, wait, which one? You want to know what else is the world we live in now? We know somebody who's a survivor of the Las Vegas Absolutely. shooting. Absolutely. Yes, Her name do. is Ashley Hoff. She made that She's documentary lovely. seven minutes. She's wonderful. If you haven't, we're going to cover it eventually. It's on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah. 
It's so good. Go watch it. But how weird is it to know somebody who survived a mass shooting? Like, not very. I know. that's really fucked. But that's why we needed a feel-good story in 2017. I'm not going to talk about Donald Trump or the clip they play. Let's move on. So, (laughs) here's the story. Yeah. We're in Philly, and Kate McClure is driving to meet a friend. Sure. She runs out of gas. Uh Uh-huh. She's stranded on the side of the road. She's laughing during a televised interview because she's so embarrassed. (laughs) She's the one who definitely is like, hey, girly. Hey, mama. Um, (laughs) That's just because... The MLMs have stolen that language. I'm just also saying that I can, I know I've been in moments where I've said those exact same things. Hey, mama. Not to me. Not, no, I would you never. You know your audience. I would never speak that way to you. And look, if you say it to me, I'm not a dick. Right. If you're not trying to get me to right. sell Herbalife yeah, totally. or ugly yeah. leggings, then just be nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. If that's your love language, hey, to say, lady. hey, mama. Yes, totally. To me. <laughs> Also, not a you could completely say it to me. I'm wide open to I it. I know. Okay. <laughs> I just don't want that to be part of my own vernacular. No, I agree. So she's stranded on the side of the road. Uh-huh. She's about to walk to the nearest gas station. And that's, wouldn't you know it, that's when she meets Johnny Bobbitt, who's an unhoused veteran experiencing substance use disorder. And his drug of choice is heroin, we learn. Right. And according to the story. He walked up and he said, get back in the car. Uh, lock the doors. You know, I'll be back. I just got her gas to help her get back on her way. And he spends his last $20 buying her a tank of gas, which he walks back and, like, fills up her car with. And then Kate can't believe it. Right. Join the club. <laughs> Come on. This is a thing that, like, could happen. Okay. Okay. Um, Where's your Christmas spirit? I have plenty. Okay. Okay. Don't you. I- talk any know, shit about my holiday spirit. This I- is my time. <laughs> To thrive. Aaron! From October 1st until December, whatever. You really have been rocking the flannel lately. We're recording our Woodstock episode today. You're really nailing the Our first one. The flannel. Woodstock 99. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. This is my time. Okay. (laughs) Strike it from the record. Holy moly. No, it's going to live on TikTok forever. I know. (laughs) So Kate can't believe it. Join the club. So she calls Mark D'Amico, her boyfriend, an actual piece of human garbage. Yeah. He was on his way to pick her up. She explains what happened. She goes, don't even worry. I'm already on the road again. Yeah. So (laughs) here's, and then Mark goes back the next day to give Johnny a hundred bucks. That's a hundred dollars. I mean, I was ecstatic. Yeah. (laughs) Never get that kind of money. Let's stop for right. a minute. Let's actually pull over, yep. like Kate did. Yep. Here's like what's did. not adding up to me. Now sure. I don't drive. Yes. But I would assume that if you're going like a longish distance, isn't like how much gas you have part of your equation? So she has like no gas, no money, and they're saying that Johnny, this unhoused veteran, yeah, wouldn't accept any money and instead insisted on buying gas for this absolute stranger. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's the kind of thing they make. Hallmark movies about, so I would like to believe it can happen. But aren't you always aware of how if I if you're I'm driving from New Jersey to Philly? Yes. Wouldn't you think? Uh, do I have enough gas? Do I have money for enough gas? I, and especially if you drive a lot, we do have a car, but we don't drive very often. So I don't know. It's hard. To, I don't know how anybody drives. I was I in agree. Los Angeles for three days, and everybody I met, I was like, "How do you do this? Oh yeah. I don't how know. do you get behind one of those death machines every single day? I'm the wrong just person. Put to ask. yourself in like life and limb in danger. Yourself and everyone else on the road. When I was in LA, I started when I was at stoplights. I started putting the car in park because I was afraid I was going to forget and take my foot off the brake and run over a kid or a dog. Oh my God. I put it in park. And you didn't. I yeah, so you didn't, no one was no, injured. No, I was, I turned the radio down. I paid real close attention. Let me tell you, yeah. Lyft, Uber, yes, I and know. rideshare. Doing God's work. Will be helpful. 
helpful to you. Yes. So Johnny is very happy to accept this $100 the next day. Sure. Right? And he says it's like more money than he ever sees. Right. And so they decide, Kate and Mark, this couple here. Yeah. They have a great idea. <laughs> One day we were just on, you know, going to go and see him again. And then on the way back, we were thinking... What if we started a GoFundMe for this guy just to get him off of the streets even for a weekend or just a few days, you know, would be so cool to tell him. Let's start a GoFundMe, they say excitedly to each other. The thing about this is that, like, these are good instincts. People should do things like this. I agree. You know? You should actually do it and be a nice person. (laughs) For sure. Then a documentary wouldn't be made about you. I couldn't agree more. You know? So they launch a GoFundMe. And they film the the whole thing. Yeah. They film themselves starting the GoFundMe. We get, like, cell phone footage from it. Oh, my God. You're right. Come on. I know. I'm sorry that I... I'm sorry that I wake up in the morning and decide to see the good in people. (laughs) Oh, don't you... Don't you. I'm sorry that I decide to believe that magic is possible. We are covering this on a program called True Crime Obsessed. Okay. <laughs> but the point is, the GoFundMe launches, the local paper picks it up, and according to everybody involved, it just takes off. Because, like you're saying, how great is that? The world is shit. It's 2017. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, these people had these really great instincts yeah. to help this person. Like, I I get it. And it's so funny because, like, suddenly Good Morning America is calling, and I was like, isn't this how every music musical stars. Yes. You know what I mean? Right. It's like essentially Bye Bye Birdie. Yes. Oh my God. Mom? <laughs> <By> m- mother? <laughs> Mommy! Bye Bye Birdie's in my book. There's like a whole chapter about the making of our high school production of Bye Bye Birdie. I know. <laughs> I love that movie. It's so good. I'll watch it later. Can I just say one more thing? Kate in this Good Morning America interview says, I don't think, I still don't think that it's hit me. I still feel like I'm watching somebody else do this. You know, like it's going, it's this, this doesn't happen to me or Johnny or Mark or, you know, anybody, right? Things like this just don't happen for me. I said, is that a slip of a tongue, Kate? Because, like, nothing has happened for you. Right. According to you, this is all happening for Johnny. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I was like, oh. Oh, we got her. Oh, we got her. Good. (laughs) Nailed her. So, and, you know, so far they've raised, like, 1700 bucks. Yeah. Johnny is saying, you know, this changes my life. He's so, so happy. And then we're with reporter Chad, who's with us throughout. He's he's kind of a grump in this moment. Well, because he goes, I'll never forget it. It was Thanksgiving Day. And I know it's part of the gig, but let me tell you, every reporter hates working the holidays. I I mean, everybody who has a job who has to work the holidays hates working the holidays. Right. And he's like, I know. know. It's my job. Happy to have it. But it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. So the campaign is getting more and more money. Kate is doing more and more press. And Chad is like, I hate being at work, but this is my story. This is what I'm doing today. Right. And they've raised, we'll get to the number in a minute, but they've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars. This takes off. This is viral, gone viral, gone viral. Yeah. So there's an interview with Johnny. Yeah. Our veteran here, right? And Kate, this like angel. The interviewer, I I don't know who she is. Same. She's horrifying. She goes, Is there any part of you that worries that you might blow it? No, ma'am. You might mess this up? No, ma'am. What makes you so confident? Um, Because mainly this is my one and only opportunity. This is my chance. 
this woman's like bullying him, basically yeah. saying like, you're going to blow it all on drugs, right? right? And he's like, no. He goes, look, this is more money than I ever could have imagined having ever. It's $300,000. Yeah. So I know how important this is. This isn't just like a weekend. This is this is life-changing money. Can I just say, like, if someone gave anybody $300,000, they'd probably fuck it up. Like, my point, the point, and I'm not taking the reporter's side. Please don't. Somebody should have helped him figure out what That's to do with this money. Kate and Mark Yeah, but like, I don't know that Kate and Mark would know what to do with 300, like a windfall of 300. Sure. You know what I mean? It's just a perfect situation for someone to get taken advantage uh, of. That's all I mean. Because someone can come in also and be like, I'll hold your money. Well, because that's what I'm saying. The reporter is saying you're going to go out and blow this on heroin. That's right. not what I'm, I'm just saying that like, you did this great. You want this to be actually life-changing. Let's bring somebody in to actually make it life-changing. Like, it's almost too much money right now. A million You know what percent. I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so like, because she, but she put, the reporter pushes again. I know. And she's like, Johnny, just a reminder, zero to 300,000, you're going to fuck it up. <laughs> right. Let's be honest here. And he's like, I don't, <laughs> I, I'm going to try I, my best. I'm like, going to really try not to fuck it up. Why is she the only asshole not being nice to him I right know, now? I know. And he says it's like winning the lottery. It's true. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want that curse of the lottery. I know. And so like, there's so much money that Johnny is publicly asking people to stop donating because yeah. he wants it to go to other causes that need it. And there's this one moment. I know he's been bullied by this woman, but when he's asked about what other causes, it just, I'm reminded of Sarah Palin when she couldn't tell Katie Couric a newspaper. I, I know. Just say because. I know. Just, just, like, Johnny, just say like, people like me. The veterans. The, I, I would accept yes, people like yes. me. That's, I, I that's all. Agree. He can't name one. I and know. And it's not his fault because this woman is browbeating him. Yes. But it was like, Sarah Palin, just name a fucking newspaper. <laughs> just one newspaper. Just say, just say the New York Times. single founding father, she couldn't name one. Like, just, put, but Katie Couric bullied Sarah Palin. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Moving on. Now we go to the South, to North Carolina, to meet Johnny's dad, well, John Bobbitt Sr. Are they related to the Bobbitts? I don't think so. Okay. Let's not bring that trash into Right. This. But hold on. Yeah. The music changes. We're zooming in on the pull-up of a handle of some rolling luggage. It's cool guy Chad, who hates working on Thanksgiving. It's reporter Chad. I'm reporter Chad. I gotta cool say. Cool guy Chad, come on. Now that you and I have done a couple of these talking head things, yeah. you can tell the lines that have been fed to them for them to spit back at the camera. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And that was the most moment when everything changed. Okay, Chad. <laughs> you know but I mean? Chad, like, as a reporter, you yeah. know Chad comes in with some notes. I got some copy oh, if anyone's okay with that. <laughs> I think this is a good time then the music swells, right? You know so what? then I'm going to say... I appreciate a guy who comes prepared and likes his job. Do Absolutely. It, and he was there. I who know. better to tell us the story, 100%. right? 100%. So yes, he's going down to Henderson, North Carolina to meet more about John Bobbitt and his father. Yeah, and we get, like, Johnny's backstory. Johnny grew up typical small-town kid. Fortunate enough to live on a family farm, and you know, they enjoyed riding their four wheelers and fishing. Just pretty normal kid, small town USA. He liked four wheeling and fishing. I don't think Johnny and I would have been friends. No, but Can I, you but imagine at the same if I had to... so nice. Like I, I so don't. So nice. But like his dad's like he got into some trouble here and there. Who didn't? Right. Like, he was just a kid. I whenever they go to these rural places, I'm reminded how lucky I am to not have been made to grow up in one of those places. You not specifically? Me, yeah. I mean, they look beautiful and they have sound no interest. great. Not even no interest. Like what would have happened to me? <laughs> like all, like you're supposed to go four wheeling and fishing. What would I have done? Do you think there's like a community players in the town of Henderson? I do. Okay. I don't think you have to do the four-wheeling okay. if you don't want to. Although, what if I had gotten really into four-wheeling? Then I don't know if you'd be here. <laughs> 
So I too am grateful. I know. I could have been a four wheeler. Maybe you could have been a four wheeler and a podcast. Who knows? All right. Anything's possible. So after high school, Johnny didn't really know what he wanted to do. So he joins the Marines, and yeah. his family was super proud of him because he goes on to be a paramedic, and then he wanted to be a flight nurse, which is where they fly you in for emergencies. Yeah, it's amazing to see the the pictures of Johnny back then because the yeah. only images we see of Johnny to this point in the documentary are of him like living on the street. Right. And he's, you know, I mean, he looks like a guy who's like having a rough life. Right. So to see these pictures of him as a paramedic back before things took a turn, it's kind of amazing to see like what he looked like. Because he also has like a really thick beard. So you can't right. even see his face. And he also just has the biggest smile. Like it's yeah. clear he has a big heart. Like all he wants to do is help people and yeah. like do good in the world. And so his dad is surprised and heartbroken that he ended up in the situation all the way in Philly from North Carolina. We see a picture of him with a dog over his shoulder. You don't want to talk about it? I thought it was adorable. I don't know the dog's name. <laughs> well, so I only made so the note. The dog does not get a lower third. I don't know. Okay. There's only so much I can talk to. <laughs> no, I, I, the dog's amazing. Yes. I think it's great. Yes. I wish it well. I'd love to kiss it on the <laughs> head, but I can't. So we got to move on. It's, like, right, it's like scratching bear's ears. We yep. can't do it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I see. I really don't know. Now you're in. You, the, you're I, on the train. Now. I blame you for this. I've been watching these TikToks where like bears are like stalking these people in the woods. Uh-huh. Then like you can't even get mad when they try to eat the guy because you just want to. Like at least you're gonna go down scratching the ears. Right. And you know also, what I mean? it's their house. It's their. <laughs> we were talking about this before we you started. You are trespassing. I feel like the woods is common ground. I feel like we're also allowed to go in the woods. Who was there first? The bears. Yes. I do <laughs> today, <laughs> but like at the beginning of time, I don't know. The indigenous people were. Yeah. <laughs> and the bears. And they were nice to the bears. They treated animals much better than we ever did. That's true. Also, this fucking whistling. Okay. <laughs> this whistling. I'm sorry. I know. Like, this what? woman is great, but she needs to stop making that goddamn sound. Well, I have a really good whistle. Thank you, Dad, for teaching me. My name's Ronnie Sue Kaiser. I am a certified recovery specialist. She's a certified recovery specialist, yes. right? So what she's saying is she would go down to where Johnny would be and bring snacks and check on all the unhoused people with substance yes. use disorder. And, and she's like, great. Really, she is great, but she is a lot. So whistling. <laughs> I know. Because she would do that thing where she would like, it's like, like in the old timey times when they would do the thing with the triangle. You know what I mean? And like, that's how you rustle up the people for dinner. Okay. That, that's what she. The triangle? <laughs> you know, like what they would do on the porch. Uh-huh. Where they would, Ma would go out on the porch. Like and the dinner the tri- call? The dinner call. Okay. That's what, what's her name is? That's what Ronnie, Ronnie Sue, Sue Kaiser is So doing. she's trying to like, yes, get everyone's attention to know that she's here. But Ronnie, you're not doing that right now. And you also, have a microphone on you. And also the whistling feels a little rude. It, I, it, it, <laughs> you, I think whistling in public is incredibly rude. And when you do it to be as loud as possible, like Ronnie Sue. Wait, what was the inciting incident in your life when you th- when you just decided that whistling in public was rude? I don't know. Someone was whistling near me, I guess, yeah, okay. out in the world. <laughs> Um, I think it's just a rude thing yep. to do when you... Rude is such a specific emotion to feel about somebody whistling outside. When you are... It's not just outside. Okay. If you are in a shared space uh-huh. and you just like start whistling, uh-huh. I think that's rude. Okay. I've said it before. Sometimes uh-huh. people reach out yep. and tell me that they're exactly like me okay. and that they feel that also. I'm not alone in this. Anyway, I love Ronnie Sue. I think she's doing great. good work. I want to make that clear. This is a me thing. She's doing excellent work. She even acknowledges she has a very strong whistle. She thanks her dad for that. Okay. okay. But she just keeps whistling. I Do know. it once. And there's no warning. It's like she just keeps doing it. She's no. very, very no, proud of right. it. You're right. I really can't handle it. But she met Johnny at a local grocery store. They have this cute back and forth. And I said, hey, do you want something to eat? And he said, yes, ma'am. 
And I started laughing and said, ma'am, I said, wow, you're not from here. And he said, no, I'm not. And I said, what's your name? He said, country. I said, oh, okay, that's, that explains that. They call him country and he was yeah. super polite and he's just like an all around good guy. So we meet his friend RJ, yes. who is in recovery and sort of like explains this local scene that they were both in. Yeah, and he's saying that like Ronnie Sue is amazing because she'll just kind of show up and have whatever people need. Right. Food or like personal hygiene stuff or just a hug if that's all you wanted. Right. And he's saying that like what's unique to this community of people experiencing homelessness together is that they all look out for each other and like Johnny is super trustworthy which I guess they say is not that common in communities like that right and also Johnny was very good at panhandling Right, so RJ, I don't know what he means exactly, but he like when RJ does a bunch of jobs during the day, like he maybe does odd jobs or whatever, RJ will come back to the encampment where they're all staying, and Johnny will be there, and Johnny will have made $200 panhandling, which right. is more money than RJ made like doing odd jobs. Right. Like, that's more money than I would make bartending some nights. Yes, absolutely. You know? Easily. Yeah. Johnny is very charming. And yes. I, I, I can see how, like, when you're stopped and he comes over and, like, knocks on your window, you're like, I am going to give you money. Like, you seem so nice. Of course. You know what I mean? I agree. There is just something about him. You know, there's a reason why this story happened around him. Right. You know? He was perfect for this perfect. heist. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. For this little scheme. Yeah. So, but Johnny, we learned, you know, his dream location was he wanted to just, like, move off to Alaska. And he was they, like, embarrassed. Show, they show, like, B-roll of Alaska. Uh-huh. And I get it. It's pretty. It's why would, gorgeous. But why would anyone want to go there? Johnny wants to go there. I just, I live. Okay. But, like, you can want to go there. But, like, I will never understand the appeal. It's, oh, I totally it's just do. a whole bunch of the outside with the rocks and the water and the trees and the okay and the trees the bears i just don't understand like lots i don't lots of bear ears I, <laughs> lots of bear ears those ears scratch. really are i know it doesn't it's not okay it's not it's right not fair. it's not fair i understand do you think what the veterinarians have to feed them and they have to give them a tranquilizer or whatever to wash them maybe they get they, they scrub the ears a little i would go in for an actual bear hug if i knew <laughs> he's out for the next like 10 minutes right <laughs> Hi, Hugger. How did, how did Jillian die? You know what? That tranquilizer wasn't strong enough. It wasn't strong enough. Wasn't she fell asleep on the fucking bear. <laughs> and the bear woke up and rightfully mauled her to death. I would just be like this. And he would be so big and his chest would just go up and down and I'd be sound asleep. And then one moment he or she would wake up and then just go, mm, lunchtime. And then I'd be gone. Wait, and that wait, would be the end of me. Do you riding the bear belly nap? Well, I'm, I'm laying on it and they're just breathing. Like, uh, and so then I'd be like this and then I would just be moving. It would like rock me to sleep a little bit because they're breathing. The visual, if you all, I'm tired of hearing you say you don't have TikTok. You gotta go watch that. Whatever you do, you gotta go watch that. And that's how I die. And once again, Michael be like, Shit, I know. Oh my what, 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 god! He'll go. What was it? A bear or a wolf? A bear. Got it. <laughs> was All it right. trank time? Yeah. Oh, it was. Okay. Oh my god. But anyway, that's how I'm gonna go. Yep. Well, Johnny was really embarrassed about his situation, which yep. is not, you know. So he shuts himself off from his friends and family, and like his dad, who we're with, didn't know where he was before the story went viral. Well, we're with the dad again, and he's just saying, as sad as it may sound, whether he's dead or alive, we, we didn't know. And until a person that is in that situation wants to get help, there's nothing you can do. 
you can't make a person go into recovery. Like, you can't drag them there. They have to want to do that. They have to want to go. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And so he was, you know, cutting himself off because he didn't want them to know what was really going on, you know? Yeah. And so it's just it's just all heartbreaking. And then, you know, the dad's saying, well, we don't want to be enablers. It's just hard on everyone. We were just talking about this. The on dad is crying, and I have a note to you that I said, I thought this was a holiday movie. I know. It's not. Okay. It's a true crime version of <laughs> a holiday true. movie. But now, after one very staged, hey, what do you say? Want to work on this together call? Reporter Chad teams up with producer Cheryl. So this call in Cheryl's car is just the two of them, like, getting ready to see each other in three minutes. Yes, it is very staged and not very well staged. No. It's just very staged. Yeah, so producer Cheryl is on the case. But what happens is they get this anonymous email about the GoFundMe saying, it's all a scam, look into Kate and Mark, like, nothing is as it seems. Yeah, and so I just wrote, like, because, of course, we can't have any anything fucking good. The message has no return email, no phone number. And so Cheryl says, we begin where you begin trying to solve any mystery on everyone's social media. Right. And boy, do they hit the jackpot. Pun intended. Because Mark, these we'll get to people it. are so stupid. Stay stupid. Yeah. If you're going to rip off hundreds of thousands of dollars from people just trying to help. $400,000 after you said you were going to change this person's life. Can you just not put it on your Instagram? So here's what's on their Instagram. Yeah. We found pictures of a helicopter ride over the Grand Canyon, a New Year's Eve party at a swanky casino hotel in Las Vegas, and multiple expensive steak dinners. And then there's the picture of Kate McClure posing with her very expensive Louis Vuitton handbag. Helicopter rides where Mark goes, rides here. Shut I up, mean, it's like a helicopter over the Grand Canyon. What on, why would you put this on your Instagram? The Louis Vuitton bags. Yeah. And really, at the center of all this, gambling and casinos. Yes. Oh, and also multiple expensive steak dinners. Of course. Rides <laughs> like, here. Well, Shut up, Mark. <laughs> God. I know. But the gambling in casinos is important because Mark is a gambling addict. Okay, maybe this is like stupid, but like something I was thinking about during this whole thing was like, we are so money obsessed as a society because we are so unequal. You know what I mean? Oh my God. Like not even just Johnny like experiencing homelessness, but like Mark and Kate, like we learned that they don't make very much money either. (laughs) And like they wouldn't be ripping people off if the rich didn't have to be so fucking rich. You know what I mean? And this whole like, I think it also goes back to the Instagram versus reality thing. Like this curated life that yeah. she's bragging that she has this stuff. Because, because, like, they know what they're doing is stupid. They know they're ripping off these people who made these donations, and they know they're going to get caught, but they cannot help themselves from putting it on Instagram so that for one minute, people they know tangentially are going to be jealous so of them. So they get the like. Yeah. You know what I mean? And because we learned... Mind you, we know Kate McClure is a secretary for the state of New Jersey, making roughly 40000 bucks a year, and we know Mark D'Amico... He's a self-employed contractor working job to job. No shade to either of those things, but what they're saying is the yeah. lifestyle isn't matching the paycheck. Exactly. So how are you getting on the helicopter? How are you gambling? Why are you at this Wolfgang Puck's restaurant oh 10 God. times or whatever? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? We're back with reporter Chad. He's trying to track them down. He's trying to get answers to these very questions. Kate's not talking. Mark's not talking. Johnny is said to be living on their property in a camper. So Chad and Cheryl go to the property. This is so wild. They decide they're going to like stalk Mark and Kate and Johnny outside of where they live. So Kate just calls the cops. The cops show up. Chad and Cheryl are there on their little stakeout. Yeah. They're playing stakeout. Like midday stakeout. Quickly, police showed up. Cop came walking up. I talked to him, told him what we were doing. He just laughed at us, and it appears told Kate and Mark. 
Pop laughs at them, turns around, tells Mark and Kate everything, and Mark and Kate just bail. They leave their property. I would expect more of Chad. Chad feels like Chad. You know, so what do you? Maybe day there's one? a reason you you're working here? Thanksgiving, Chad. Oh God. You know? But then Kate then sends the reporters a DM. Leave us the fuck alone. Also, not a bright move, Kate. Kate. You know what I mean? Just, if you're not going to engage, don't engage. Right. Because what you want the world to believe, Kate, is that you did this really nice, amazing thing. But Why she are you did swearing at the reporters for so long? Yeah, she did. She they were in front of every television camera it's that would true. have them. Right. So now Johnny is like is living on the property or whatever, and Chad and Cheryl can't talk to him. And then they learn that Johnny's actually not living at the property anymore. Yeah, and like months and months go by, and Chad is saying that like they're searching for Mark and Kate and Johnny everywhere, but can't find them. And then just before Labor Day 2018, something happens that Chad says he'll never forget. Yeah, this is when the story breaks that Johnny is still unhoused and he never got the money. It's been almost a year. Yeah. And there was $400,000. Where do you think it went? Go on Mark's Instagram. He gambled it away. I mean, and so Johnny is saying in this like local TV news interview. I have to ask them for everything. It's kind of, in the beginning it was a joke. Like they were like my parents. But the joke stops being funny after a while. It was like a joke like they were my parents. Ah, yeah. that's disgusting. I mean, can you imagine, like, in the story that we know so far, they were trying to help this man who was really down on his luck and then, like, basically making him beg for the money that they got for him? Right, because Johnny says something interesting. He goes, well, at first we had a plan. Yes. And then as time went on, the plan was still there, but it wasn't my plan. We'll yes. get back to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because suddenly there's a judge's ruling, and the judge wants to take all of the GoFundMe money, and they want an accounting of every single penny. Yeah, and I also love that, like... In this moment, this story hits the papers for five seconds and every high-powered attorney in fucking Pennsylvania comes out of the woodwork to work with Johnny. For free. For free. Which is great, but it's also, I don't know, what are the motives? Everyone's going to go viral on this. And it's like, but at the same time, that's like, okay, you can lend your services to this guy for free and also you get good press out of it. Like, is there is this a victimless crime? Maybe. Right. The, the lawyers, right? So Johnny now sues Kate and Mark. Right. And he says that he's only ever gotten a total of like $75,000 from them you know, on that weekly little allowance situation. But you know, the other thing I'm thinking of, like we did Obsess Fest, year one was funded in part mostly by GoFundMe, right. right? There's a lot of fucking tax liability there. Like people have to, like you can't just take that money and run. Someone's got to come in and help you. Well, yeah, this, I mean, this case is a big part of why that is now. Yeah, You yeah, know what I mean? totally. Because everyone's like, where's the other $325,000? I'm like, it's all over their Instagram. It's not hard to see where this money went, exactly. right? Right, it's like a big shock to everybody. Like, <laughs> He's in a helicopter he's calling his car and now Mark and Kate go on the Megan Kelly show to oh defend themselves I now know. Megan Kelly sucks but yeah. I have to say she does push them here yes but she's not great Megan Kelly asks them why didn't just like yes. cut him a check why didn't that happen well in the beginning it was as simple as he didn't have a bank account he had no documents and they said well he didn't have a bank account Mark right you walk into any financial institution with $400,000 I promise you they will open up an account in two seconds but you also wouldn't be doing right by him if you did just that you get a gotta, trustee yes you gotta get a trustee you gotta hire an attorney to help him figure out what to do like if he wants the money then give him the money however he wants it but if he wants advice on how to be able to actually live off this money for the rest of his life you gotta help this guy I agree and so I again I'm not in the business of defending or justifying 
justifying Megan Kelly yeah. and her like Santa can only be white bullshit. Right. But right. <laughs> she does make them say on the air yeah. several things. They're on the record. We didn't do anything wrong. We never used a single penny for ourselves. Every time we gave Johnny money, he bought drugs. And now they start blaming everything on drugs, which is just like, it's not only not true, but it's yeah. such a shitty move to kick this guy when he's down. Fuck off. 100%. And then like we learned that he was living in a camper on their property, but the camper was purchased with the GoFundMe money, but purchased in Market Kate's name. Right. Like they bought a camper for themselves and let him live in it. And also, Mark is a compulsive gambler, so when you have a disorder like that, I wouldn't throw stones, Mark. A vice is a vice is exactly. a vice. You can lose your mortgage with gambling or with heroin. So, yeah. Mark, don't look down your nose. And, like, of course, they say just a few days after the Megyn Kelly interview, we learn all the money's gone. There's gone. no money. It's, it's gone. gone. So now, Scott, the prosecutor's here. Yes. He hates Mark and Kate <laughs> so much. Yeah, he's the guy that was responsible for investigating and prosecuting the GoFundMe scam. And he says, During that week, when we saw that that money was gone, that's why we made sure that we put together an affidavit to get a search warrant very quickly and get in that house to get that evidence. We moved really quickly. We got a search warrant. We got into their house. And he says, like, while they're in there searching the house, Mark is trying to look, like, cool, calm, and collected out, pretending to, like, hit golf balls He's on the like front. He's, like, working on his form. I know. Mark, shut I up. I know. And Prosecutor Scott's like, look, Mark is an arrogant prick. Like, yeah. no one's disputing that. <laughs> He's always been that way, even when they were raising the money. And Prosecutor Scott's like, oh, Mark is acting like this isn't a problem. I'm going to make it his problem. You know, problem. it was so, like, Joe Francis, the Girls Gone Wild oh. guy. You know what I mean? It's just like that. Like, nothing can touch me. I'm untouchable. What do you do? Like, when we're going to learn, like, what this scam actually was. And when you realize you're caught, like, what do you do? Right. You, like, don't go to Vegas. I know. And buy steak dinners. Also, now, outside of Kate and Mark's house, we see reporter Chad chasing Kate's car down the street. Chad, it's not working. Kate, where'd they're, the money go? They're on to you, Chad. <laughs> now, this is something, I'm going to give a trigger warning here, because yeah. Kate has secretly recorded Mark, and now we really get to hear what a piece of shit he is. Because... Things between Mark and Kate are tense. It's real. He is like this could be really triggering if you've ever been in like any kind of abusive relationship. The way he's talking and screaming it's and name bad. calling, it's yeah. really bad. Yeah. But also ABC. So this is like an ABC news special, but it's on Hulu. Uh huh. And so ABC is doing this weird thing where they're censoring the closed captions, but not the audio. <laughs> I know. I know. And I'm like, that doesn't seem right. No. And like, what what Kate is trying to get him to say, he doesn't know he's being recorded. She's trying to get him to say like, this was all your idea and you made me do it. Yeah, exactly. But the way he's calling her a weak slug, he's just like cursing. Oh, it's terrible. But he's saying to her like, even if it did start out as his idea, he's like, like, he's a piece of shit. He's the worst. I'm not defending him. Of course. But he's saying like, you know how much money you spent? Oh, just off the top of my head? Go. 20,000 BMW. 5,000 Disney. 10,000 in bags. We both went to Vegas, right? Huh? So just right there is 40,000. You spent only $5,000 on a Disney trip? Right. Aren't those, like, I feel like that should be the most expensive thing on the list. Isn't that like the day pass where I, you can cut I, the line or whatever? I am not. I don't know about Disney stuff. Have but you it ever feels, been to Disney? Uh, the last time I was at Disney, I was a teenager, I think. I can't. Steve said to me the other day, I'm so glad we are not Disney gays. Are there? Oh, is that like a, like a oh, thing? Oh, Disney gays is like a like whole thing. I know they're like Disney adults that yeah. people seem Disney to get adults, very upset about for some reason. True, like, who cares? Also, Disney gay adults. It's a, it's a oh, whole is that subculture. Right? Yep. Oh, Okay, and Very they just strange. enjoy 
they they're, just enjoy they're their gays thing. that love Disney. That's the extent of what I know about them. Good for them. Yeah. Like you like what you like. Like what you like. As long as it's, you know, consensual. But like Kate, even if it was Mark's idea, you spent some of the money. Right. I still like, but then Mark gets violent with Kate. I hate this fucking phone call yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like this is he's a colossal nightmare. Like he's super fucking yes. garbage. Yes. And so now like the lawyers are going through their financial records and all the finances are like, oh, another casino. Oh, another ATM withdrawal. Oh, another lo- another yeah. shop <laughs> another shopping spree at Louis Vuitton. I mean, and it's kind of to Johnny and Johnny's like yeah I knew they were spending the money but like I didn't know if I had any like legal standing or any like legal right to and it. And like Mark so we heard Mark secretly recorded he talks that way to everybody. He's right. bullying and screaming at Johnny. He's saying I'm gonna expose you like right. he's like such a fucking bully. Then we're back with Ronnie Sue Kaiser who thank God is not whistling anymore. <laughs> but she goes you know that saying WTF? And I'm like I do Ronnie go on. <laughs> Is well, that all? And then, and then we're, we're not with Ronnie anymore. The thing, what's happening here is that everyone is starting to say, this is a scam, and also it looks like Johnny might be in on it. Because what Ronnie says is, yeah. she goes, look, someone in Johnny's position, So again, she, she's hearkening back to the original origin story. That, like, that Kate broke, Kate broke yeah. down, and he took his last $20 to go get her a A complete a stranger, yeah. whatever. And remember, Ronnie Sue is a certified recovery specialist. Yes, so she, she has, knows of what she speaks. And she says, first of all, no one who's panhandling is going to give their last $20 away. No one. They're not giving their last $20 away. You could be dying on the street. They're not giving you that last $20. So that raised an eyebrow for me. Someone in Johnny's position wouldn't give their last 20 bucks away to a stranger to buy gas. They she just says wouldn't. specifically a panhandler. Yeah. Whether that's a word we're supposed to use or not, that's what she says. And so she's saying, like, somebody who was, right, like, like it's his last $20. He is also, like, living with addiction. It, like, it, the story doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. The bottom line is Ronnie Sue believes that Johnny's involved. That, to me, is a major thing. Like, she's such an advocate for these people. Right. And for her to be saying to us, like, the story that Johnny is telling doesn't make any sense. Right. Exactly. So now the lawyers are here to go through all the texts and DMs on Mark and Kate's phone. There are over 60,000 exchanges (laughs) relevant to this case. People are so stupid. Stay stupid, but why are you so dumb? And they're like so dismissive of Johnny. And they're like texting about what they did with the money. So in other words, these two are making it very easy for the lawyers. Yes. Especially when Kate very plainly told her BFF what they did less than an hour after the GoFundMe went live. So Kate is saying, and I'm just going to read this. Yeah. Okay, so wait. The gas part is completely made up, but the guy isn't. Kate says, I had to make something up to make people feel bad. So shush about the made up part. So shush. Shush anybody, Kate. <laughs> Who the fuck do you think you are? But then the BFF was like, um, that story's gonna backfire, girl. Like, they're gonna interview this guy someday. You gotta make sure he knows what to say. Now the best friend is in on it. And also, but the best friend, this is, the censorship and this is so weird. Because I know. the text says, this gas story is gonna backfire, LMFAO. Uh-huh. And ABC or Hulu blurred <laughs> LMFAO, but it's a bad blur job, so I can very clearly see that it's LMFAO. Like, I can hear Mark calling Kate every name of the book and cursing, totally. but you're going to censor LMFAO? I know. <laughs> Laughing my fucking ass off. I way. know. The friend is also saying, like, why don't you donate some of that money and get the public off your back, right? Because, like, the friend is saying, like, everyone's looking at you, girl. Right. We all, everyone's following you on Instagram. We all know you're It got too big. It got too big. And Kate goes, I'll be keeping the rest of the money. Fuck you very much. How about that? Kate. You're going to yell at the girl you just told your big fucking secret to? And her friend just goes, he could out you. Like, the friend, like, good for the friend. I could out you. Don't fucking. Exactly. Fuck you very much to me. In my notes, I just go, damn, Kate sucks. (laughs) I know. I know. So we're back with Chad. 
the reporter, and he's saying, like, the critical questions remain. How did Kate and Mark meet Johnny? Mm -hmm. Whose idea was this heist or whatever? And what was the extent of Johnny's involvement? So here's what the prosecutor says happened. Yeah. The prosecutor says... They had met Johnny on the side of the road, and it could be something literally as simple as offering him money as he was panhandling on an off-ramp. And whether it was, I think it was over the course of time, they made frequent visits to the Sugar House Casino, which I believe is close to that area. Um, and they did start striking up a conversation and a relationship with him. The thing that's so important to know is that Johnny, his like panhandling area was very close to a casino that Mark and Kate frequent. Exactly. So like, of course they drove by him a bunch of times because Mark is a gambling addict. We're not saying that. That's what comes from the documentary. Right. So Mark was going to this casino morning, noon, and night. And so the prosecutor is saying, you know, maybe they offered Johnny some money to take part in the scam, like give him a cut of the money. Because they'd gotten to know him. Like they'd seen him. It's like what I was saying earlier. There's something about this guy. They probably once or twice did stop and give him a couple of bucks. Right. And then they're like, oh. He's perfect for this. He's perfect for this. And like, you know, maybe they felt something for him, but they also saw an opportunity, says the lawyer. And yeah. also like, if you're Johnny, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I don't really begrudge him from thinking like, well, I need this money anyway. And these people are going to give it to me. Like, I can understand why he's saying like, well, it's kind of, it's true enough. And he's also, I'm sorry, but like he's a person living with addiction. And so I don't think that all of his choices are in his own control. There's he's no way. He's doing what he needs to do. Of course. You he's know? surviving. Yes, exactly. And like, there's no way that he was like, hey, Mark and Kate, like this was definitely Mark's idea. A hundred percent. Kate saw some dollar signs. Yeah. He, like Mark is an abusive piece of shit. Well, and the question is kind of like, was Kate, so did Mark come up with it? Because Mark's going to the casino all the time and he knew Johnny and they came up with it together and Kate came in later to be the face of it. Right. Like, that's the other thing that's thrown around right. here. And, but they also were thinking, like, oh, let's definitely film us going, like, pressing, like, submit on the GoFundMe. Like, they yeah. knew what was going to work online. But they also, the cops dig up this other thing from 2012. So this, this is, is a couple crazy. of years before. Johnny has a Facebook page. And they find a posting of him when he was in living in North Carolina telling the story about a woman that ran out of gas and blew a tire in front of a Walmart. So this girl ran out of gas and has a flat tire. At the same time in front of Walmart and is blocking traffic. Everybody blows the horn and cusses her. But of course, no one helps her. So I run to gas station and then change her tire. I spent the only cash I had for supper, but at least she can get her little children home safe. I ran and got her a tank of gas. I came back and I fixed her tire and like sent her on her way. And he says, and I quote, I spent the only cash I had for supper, but at least she can get her little children home safe. So they're saying, did Johnny help concoct the story about right. the lady running out of the gas because he lived through it once or maybe he's made it up before. It's just all, it's all too convenient. And it's also like, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. Did the 2012 story actually happen? Right. Did Kate and Mark know about this? Yeah. Is this something Johnny does? Like, we don't really know. The point of all of this is Sadly to say, it's pretty clear Johnny was definitely involved. And now Johnny is like feeling the heat a little bit, yeah. whether it's guilt or whatever, because 10 months after they raised the 400K, like right before Johnny realizes, because he learned around Labor Day. Yeah. So this is now August. We see the text yeah. or the Facebook message to shitty Mark. Yeah, from and, Johnny. And Johnny's like, I really think we need to talk. There's a lot of questions being asked. I'm also like not really seeing any of this money. I want to bail. I'm yeah. out. Yeah. So yeah. you can like 
put me on a bus and watch me go. What he's saying is like, I'm not a threat to you, Mark. Uh-huh. I'm not going to say the truth. Yeah. But like, I want out because this is really not worth it for me, especially since you kept the 325000 and gave me 75000 when you saw fit, Mark. Ex- right. And so Mark writes back to him, I'll get there this weekend. And when I do, you get on a bus. No bullshit. Mark is essentially threatening him. Yeah. Mark thinks he's a mafia boss and he is not. But it's the whole thing is like Mark is just taking advantage of Johnny because he knows Johnny has no recourse. Uh, absolutely. You know? But the big joke is, is that like six weeks later, Johnny was on the news. Right. So great. Right. Fuck yeah. you, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Now we meet Danny Gordon, the former VP for <laughs> Trust and Policy at GoFundMe. <laughs> he was in charge of making sure that things like this don't happen. Now, I assumed I mean, former because of the scam. Uh-huh. But no. No? He has a LinkedIn, of oh course. Oh, of course. He was in that position until 2019. Then he was promoted to uh, chief business officer. And then he had that position for a year and seven months. And now he works at some other company. Yeah. So he didn't get fired from no. this. No, because when you watch a documentary like this, you're like, why doesn't this happen every day? This should happen way more often. Right. And he actually says, It's very hard, actually, to commit a broad scale fraud like they did. Um, you have to be willing to lie to your close friends and family, yeah, your family. and to yeah, national yeah. media <laughs> and expose yourself and the risk that that somebody will catch on at some point in time is very high. You've got to be willing to like go on Oprah and lie about it. Right. Because like, of course, if your story is going to be, we saved the man li- experiencing homelessness, of course the press is going to be knocking your door down. But also... The 14,000 angry people who know they've been scammed. (laughs) So now you have a corporation, GoFundMe, with an army of 14,000 pissed off people, as they should be. And I do want to say, because they just sort of sprinkle it in, everyone got their money back. Yeah, I mean, GoFundMe, like, paid everybody back. Because the big fear here was that people were going to realize that donations like this to strangers wasn't safe. And then no one's going to donate on GoFundMe anymore. And so I think GoFundMe needed to squash that. And they did. So they gave people back the money, just like uh, good faith. Yeah. And they also, like, made some changes. Yes. So they changed the rules about when more than one person was raising money, like either you can or can't do that or there are specific rules. Yeah. And then also when the money is going to someone other than the person running the campaign, there are rules in place for that too. Yes. So now Mark and Kate are in the middle of a huge legal battle and instead of dealing with it, they decide to shop a book and a movie deal around. So what is the name of the book? They do this whole thing of like, oh, you're not going to believe the name of the book. And then I was like, wait, is the name of the book caught in a $400,000 hoax? (laughs) It's no good deed. Okay, because... Or like, or or, I, but it's not clear because I yeah. think Scott's like, you know what they should name that book? No right. good deed. That's what I'm saying. But I don't know what what it actually. I don't think the book ever got made. Well, no, but the, I think what they're trying to say is that if the title was No Good Deed, Mark wanted to be like, I tried to do this nice thing. And right, I, I can't trouble. do anything. I'm so prosecuted. They're like, no, Mark, you idiot. What it actually means is like, there was no. Good there was deed. no good deed. You there was no good <laughs> deed. Now we hear the absolute worst version of Oh Holy Night in the history of the world. It is fucking terrible. It goes on for 10 minutes. It is atrocious. Oh my God. Whoever I know. made this song, you need to stop doing this. Because Get out of that business. It's like 10 minutes of like in the end of like what happened. I was like, how do we have 10 minutes left and we're going it to goes the on screen? Will you back me up with that? No, song? it was really it is bad. I, horrifying. I know. The whistling I know. and this song, I just was really up against it today. No, it was really bad. No bears? They really placed I, what? I, know. I didn't even get the name of that dog. I don't. 
I was really I know. screwed today. So here are some updates because it ends with like they await sentencing or whatever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So Johnny got supervised probation for three years. So he never he never served a day in prison. Oh, that's good. And he has to pay $25,000. Mark is serving a state prison sentence of five years and a concurrent 27-month federal prison sentence. Wow. Kate lost her state job. She was working at the Department of Transportation because of all the criminal case. And now she's been in federal prison for a year plus one day. Oh, my God. <laughs> and her state sentence is pending. And Kate and Mark have to pay it all back. All 400000 Yeah. I guess minus twenty five. Oh, my God. But it says they were ordered to pay full restitution. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And then it ends with all the lawyers being like, who was the mastermind? Was it Mark? Was it Kate? And Kate's a dog person. So, I know. <laughs> which is great. And was yeah, Kate yeah, yeah. abused? A thousand percent. Uh-huh. Mark is a bully and he's an abuser and he's a terrible person. So, I don't know. But, like, Kate, uh, those text messages. <laughs> Kate, know. I'll keep the rest of my money. Fuck you very much. And then she shushed her friend. I know. I know. I would, for the record, never shush you. This friend has screenshotable proof. Screenshots live forever, Kate. I know. My goodness. Oh, my God, girl. We did it. What's it called? It's called No Good Deed. Oh, right. A crowdfunding holiday heist. Should I make a gay Hallmark movie called Snow Good Deed? If it's not already taken. Okay. Yeah. Right. What's the story? You're like, I don't know. You're I'll like in publishing later. and you have to go to your house. Like, totally. From the big bad world of like fast paced New York City totally. life. And then you get stranded in your hometown. <laughs> yeah. And then the only thing to drive is a four wheeler oh, or something. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But then you decide to open. You're just like, wow, that fast paced uh, life. I'm so tired. I'm Maybe I'll. Book open store. This, a bookstore, like yeah. a gay bar or something. Totally. The four-wheeler. Oh, my God. The, see, There's there we go. There. We'll do it. Fam, come see me on my traveling book yes. party. I'm going to 11 cities. I'll be there in New York. I know. It's going to be on. like Boston, New York, Dallas, Seattle, Los Angeles, great. Chicago. I'm going everywhere. Okay, great. Come see me. It's going to be a super fun party, and every ticket includes a copy of the book as soon as it comes out. It gets mailed Fantastic. to you. Fantastic. Also, fam, pre-Christmas Obsessed Fest tickets are on sale. They are going very, very, yes. very fast. Come join us, won't you? Dallas, October. It's going to be incredible. Do you have anything to say? No, but I'm doing that Taylor Swift sing-along again. I- Obviously, we have a whole new album. Oh my God! Join us on the Patreon over 350 full ad-free bonus episodes. So fun! We're recording Woodstock right now. Woodstock 99. Oh my God! All that video content, so much stuff. So much. What are we doing next? We are doing. Oh my God! Are you ready for this? Yeah. The most hated man on the internet. Oh shit! So it's three apps. We're gonna do it in two. Sometimes we do that. It's a lot. If you have not watched it, it's very like visually triggering. Uh huh. It stressed me out a lot. It's about Um, the guy who created. Who created this horrible site? They call revenge porn but uh-huh. it's really just about like the darkest point of the internet and like how he was taken down and how we need better laws yes okay, about all that <laughs> but yeah so it's three apps we're gonna do it in two yeah all right well stay tuned for the trailer for that our funny and hilarious and ridiculous and angry <laughs> outtakes and that's it we love you all right we love you thanks so much all right bye bye i woke up you know you, you wake up you look at your phone 200 notifications There I was, topless, multiple photos. It was an absolute shock. Shit, I got posted on the site. Isanyoneup.com. I felt violated. Humiliation. That site was about destroying lives. We would create a website like this. This is Hunter Moore from Isanyoneup.com. Fucking all your girlfriends. Hunter Moore, also known as the most hated man on the internet. And his website is Anyone Up. Me and my friends would just post a bunch of girls' hands. I was like, yo, I can make money out fucking people over. He thought of himself as the king of revenge porn. 
He made it appear that you would be very successful by being a complete sociopath on the internet. And it pissed me off. I pleaded with him to please remove these images, and the response that I got, LOL. Has there been any individual you've just felt sorry for to the point that you take something down? No. It's just too much fun. But the one thing he didn't anticipate was Charlotte Laws. What's it called? It's called True Crime Obsessed. Welcome. We have a Patreon if you're interested. (laughs) Terrible title. It does not tell you anything about what we do. Horrible title. It's a great title for a lot of reasons. We've never really addressed this before. Yeah, but it's we have together, but not publicly. No, No, it's a bad name. It's a bad name. It's not great. Because honestly, when we decided to make a true crime podcast, we had no idea what it was going to be. Right. It was going to be something else entirely. Well, but it was going to be the true crime genre. We're like, let's just get that. See, that domain name's available. It was. And it was. And here we are. Here we are. Six years later, we're (laughs) apologizing. (laughs) 